Ty Richardson is co-host of the Morning Rush, 6 to 9 a.m. Monday through Friday at ESPN Arkansas. He's also the program director there. He is on X at Ty Sports Radio. Ty, what's the word, man? How was your New Year? Happy New Year to you. Uh, happy New Year to you and all your Memphis brethren as well. It's a great weekend. Uh, it's been in Chicago, Illinois, just a few days after you and uh, had a, a whale of a time. I think we had some uh, we had some overlap, but we weren't able to uh, figure it out. We weren't able to uh, find each other in Chicago. Chalk that up to me. I'll 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 place the blame on my uh, at my feet. I'm not going to place any <laughs> as we start out 2024. Where did you Where did you stay at? By the way, you know what? I, I'm lucky where I have friends all over the country, and one of my buddies uh, I've known since I was like five. Was like, hey, do you just want to stay with me? He put like, you up. What a guy. Stay? Five hundred, yeah. I don't want to say five hundred to seven hundred and fifty dollars in lodging. Absolutely. So yeah, that's uh, he lived in old. He lived in Old Town. Nice. Had a great apartment, and it was an an unbelievable weekend. I've been back in ten years, so it was great. Am I to understand, by the way, that you were at a wedding on New Year's Eve? Yes, my second one in three years. I've got another one this year, so it'll be three out of four years. And uh, I will say that the weddings I've been to have been more entertaining than every other. New Year's Eve, I've been too put together. It's not close, to be honest. See, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not familiar with any New Year's Eve weddings. I didn't, I didn't know that was a thing. I, I, to be honest it's with fun, you, it's fun, man. It's a, it's a good time. It's much easier to land a kiss on New Year's at a wedding than it is <laughs> just, uh, you know, just out in public. You don't have to worry about that. Yeah, I hear you. Regardless, but I hear you. Single, yeah, so it was uh, had a good time, man. Um, by the way, and this is this is a quick sidebar before we get into uh, the college football playoff and everything else. Uh, and JJ McCarthy um, saying that they cheated out of necessity. Um, but when it comes to uh, food cities, I've eaten a lot of good food. You've seen me. You've seen the size of me. When it comes to food cities, I think it's New York and Chicago. I don't know if they have a pier. I'm going to be honest with you. L.A. does not hit the same. Um, I, I don't know if they have a peer in, in the food uh, in the food realm. Can I toss in New Orleans based on my love for Cajun food? Okay, I guess that's Is fair. That, but like, I, okay. I feel like in Chicago and New York, you cover so many different bases. You can get a good Chinese yeah, meal. You can go get a good Italian, good uh, uh, bar food at any any corner bar. I mean, it's just. It, it, it just is undefeated to me. No matter where you we go had, in, you're going to get a good meal. Yeah, no. I mean, we had so we had Lou Malnati's one night right. place. We had some of the best wings I've ever had at this Ohio State bar. We also um, did a couple other things. I had fresh bagels. Yeah, uh, it was a Gibson Steakhouse. Where if you've ever watched the league, that's where they hang yep. out. It was it was awesome game. It was truly a, a fun. I mean, that nearly a decade I hadn't been back and first time i've actually been of age so it definitely entices the experience you ever you ever hop into gene and georgetti's are you familiar with gene and georgetti's did you get to get a, get a meal from that. there okay that's the it's the old italian spot okay they got they got the they got the red they got the red carpet um you can tell that there used to be a lot of cigarettes smoked in there although they don't do it anymore it's a fantastic old italian restaurant italian steakhouse i should say where does it stack up to your old hometown? Oh, on the hill, I mean, uh, it's right there. I had another meal at Piccolo Sogno, um, I believe in the West Loop. I believe. I'm not totally positive. Somebody could correct me. A Chicagoan could correct me there. That was that was even better than Gene and Giorgetti's as an Italian establishment. 
Fantastic, though. Well, sounds like that when I go back this summer because I've already made I've already made plans for a return trip. Sounds like I'm going to need to get some Italian guy. You said Gia and Giorgetti's. Gene and Giorgetti's, yes, 1941 okay. uh, established, right wow. there on the corner. A... Beautiful. They still, they still, they're one of those places that still gives them. They they give matches out at the front instead of uh, toothpicks, so you can get your matchbook in there for a for a Love parting that. gift. I don't do the collecting of the matchbooks though. That's not really my thing. But I, I know my uh, my wife my wife grabbed one for. Uh, for safekeeping. Now, um, that is Big go. Ten country that you're coming from, and we have a, a Big Ten story coming out um, today where J.J. <laughs> McCarthy says, I don't want to say a crazy number of people steal signs, but I'd say a good number, 80%. Uh, and then he said, it's been around for years. We actually had to adapt because in 2020 and 2019, when Ohio State was stealing our signs, which is legal, we had to get up to the level that they were at, and we had to make it an even playing field. Are you buying even a lick of what he's saying? I mean, sign stealing is a part of the sport. He's absolutely right. But it's the in-person aspect that I think throws a wrinkle in everything. The fact that Stallions allegedly went to, what was it, 30-something games over the course of three or four years. I mean, it it was an insane number. And Michigan, uh, just being the brand that they are, which I didn't realize, if you talk to anyone in Big Ten country, that's their least favorite team. It's not Ohio State. I just assumed it was Ohio State. I've talked to Penn State fans, Iowa fans, Wisconsin fans. They don't like Ohio State, but they hate Michigan. Yep. So this just adds fuel to fire. You've got Jim Harbaugh, who's one of the most boisterous coaches in college football. McCarthy's he can be a little cocky at times. So might as well throw gasoline on the fire while, you, <laughs> while it's burning. See how big you can get it. Yeah, and J.J. McCarthy, i got to ask you about this, too. As far as like NFL draft, what do you think about him as a quarterback? I, I, see, I see a lot of people absolutely, you know, uh, overplaying their hand when it comes to J.J. McCarthy as an NFL draft prospect. And, of course, Jim Harbaugh is at the f- forefront of that. He says he thinks he's the best college football quarterback of all time, the best Michigan quarterback of all time. It's just too much. Yeah, the deal with Sam is, I mean, he's handing the ball off to Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards, which is the best running back duo in all of college football. Roman Wilson and the rest of the guys on the outside aren't slouches either. He doesn't have the Joe Moore Award winning offensive line like Michael Penix does, but their offensive line is pretty stinking good. So he's elevated by that. And I'm not going to sit here and say he's a bum because he's not. He's been Ohio State. Of course. Two straight times, or maybe three. I can't remember his story quarterback three years ago, but. I, I, and he's lost two games as a collegiate quarterback. I mean, you get you get credit for that. Yeah, that and it's very much so. One was a blowout to Georgia, I guess, last year. But excuse me, two years ago, um, if I remember that right. And then did last year with TCU. So yep. Yeah, he he deserves a lot of credit for what he's done. But he reminds me of an old Alabama quarterback, a McElroy, a McCarron, a Coker, a guy that's a good system guy. He's not going to make many mistakes. And he uses his legs. He's got some athletic ability, but he's not a Michael. He's not in the Michael Penix mode. He's not in the Deshaun Watson mode. He's not in the Bryce Young like that elite level QB where you are petrified and game plan all around. JB McCarthy. Mm-hmm. Now, what, where do you think Alabama went wrong in that game? Uh, Twenty-seven twenty in OT. We know the final play call is definitely. Uh, coming under fire. Tommy Reese is coming under fire. And I do think Tommy Reese deserves some blame because ultimately um, this is a guy who I think all year was way too late to make adjustments, and you saw that in the Michigan game as well. Um, but I think there's some people that say, well, well why, why, Nick Saban shouldn't be able to escape uh, a blame for that. He's the guy who hired him. 
I would say, Gabe, you're an offensive lineman, and they, they blocked up the entire play except for the right tackle. The right tackle got blown up. Milrow tripped over his right tackle, and that's what led to him falling short. But if you watch that play, that guy didn't get it blown up. Milrow walks in on the left side. He's got They, they schemed it up perfectly except for Michigan's D-line, which is one of the, if not the best in college football, just wrecking havoc the whole game. So Milrow's not an elite quarterback. He's a winner. And he's a guy that's made plays this year, but he's not a guy that is in Jaden Daniels. Michael Penix is in that camp. You can say, well, he's he beat Georgie, did this, he did that. Uh, listen, there's a difference between being a winner like he is and then being a guy that you just cannot stop. And I just felt like in that game, Michigan matched them tip for tat. They could go man on the outside with Burden and those guys. And the defensive line just – ate up the the weakest Alabama offensive line maybe since 2007. Nick it's Davis nuts, isn't it? I mean, it isn't was, it nuts? It, and, and, and by the way, it, that right tackle you're talking about getting blown up, is gonna uh, he's a guy who's going to get drafted this year, J.C. Latham. Like that, that's why I didn't see. I didn't. It, it, that's why. But it, and he's 360. It just blows my mind. And, and like I'm trying, I've been trying to put my finger on it all year. And Seth McLaughlin, the the center who uh, had a bunch of bad snaps this year and a lot in that Michigan game, and people seem to forget that the 4th and 31 was set up by a Seth McLaughlin errant snap. Um, He gets in the transfer portal today. I I try to put my finger on it all year, and I I finally think I got it. Yeah, they have a bunch of talent, and they have a bunch of four and five stars up there. So it's not about a lack of talent. I don't know if they had a guy up there, the Landon Dickerson types, the Barrett Jones types that sort of brought everybody together. Seemed like there was sort of a lack of leadership along that offensive line all year that led to all of the issues in protection. I really liked, and you're, you probably know him by name, J.J. McCarthy's high school teammate that was on that line. Um, I can't think of that name, mm-hmm. his name, but I, I felt like he was a, one of the better players on that unit. I mean, Arkansas, let's just bring this back to home. Arkansas, Atlanta Jackson, Arkansas's best defensive end, had like three and a half sacks in Tuscaloosa earlier. Three and a half. I mean, he, he ate that freshman left tackle alive. And Caden Proctor. And not for Milrow escaping a few times. I mean, they, they could have had 10 or 12 sacks in that game. So it, it was a problem all year. It showcased itself in the most inopportune times. What else has happened is college football's caught Nick Saban. Gabe, yeah. did you know this is the longest point of his coaching career that he hasn't won a national championship in three yep. years? Yep. Three, three straight years, been in the playoff twice. Been in the national championship once, but no natties. College football's got Saban, man. But even with that, we're not we're not writing the obituary for Alabama under Nick Saban, right? I know there's some people that are doing the retirement rumors at this moment, but we're not we're not there yet, right? This is is still in the college football playoffs. Still had a chance to go win a game against a team that I thought was just all ultimately better all year. Man, I want to. You, I, I know you want not. to, but you, but I, I, are you going to? That, there's completely different conversations there. Yeah, and I mean, you look at what's happened. Let's just dissect what happened the last three years. Three years ago, they lose the national championship because their best two wide receivers, Davis Williams and John Mechie, are out with torn ACLs, and they still beat Georgia in essentially two games before the SEC championships. You had to beat the same team you beat. Two games ago. Then last year, you lose on two game-winning touchdowns, basically. Or one field goal, hidden hooker, sets them up. And then LSU, Jane Daniels in overtime. Then this season, I mean, you you basically, outside of the, the Texas massacre, you make it through unscathed until overtime of Michigan. So, And they had some had a close game here. And really, they handled their business for the most part, the exception maybe Auburn. So, 
Yeah, but at the same time, it's like I, I've never seen an Alabama team get embarrassed at home like they did against Texas. And right. that team got gave that team got Alabama in overtime. They got ran over, yep. which Alabama is used to doing to people, and then they got blown up. Which I mean, they, they got Alabama by Michigan in overtime. So there are some crinks or chinks in the armor. It's a matter of saving can patch them up. Yeah, I guess so. I, I just. I still have the confidence that he can do it. Now, they're going to lose some guys to the transfer portal, and it's just a different era. Um, and let me ask you this. You say people have caught up to Saban. Do you think that's transfer portal? Do you think that that is sort of in sort of the new age of recruiting in NIL? Is that the reason that people have caught up to Nick Saban in Alabama? The SEC has been in every national championship for the past nine years, if I remember that correctly. This is the first time in nearly a decade that one team is not represented. Since 2015. And I, it's technically... Yeah, it's it's technically a two Big Ten teams, right? Because I mean, Washington's yeah. no longer a member of the Pac. Well, like, but here's real quick, real quick sidebar. Let's give the Pac-12 at least before they turn into dust. Let's give them their flowers <laughs> for this year, right? Come on. Yeah, that's let's not be mean. But I think in in that situation, Gabe, in, in the sense of just kind of where college football is right now, no, it's just saving the game passing by. No, it's but yes, the the transfer portal and NIL has created, I think, equilibrium where you're you're thinking, well, the rich are only going to get richer. Well, I mean, Washington, TCU, last two years we have teams that I don't think many people predicted to make the national championship game. Well, this, well hopefully it's not a blowout like last year. Like, TCU had that epic win over Michigan and then just got mauled by Georgia. That would just be the least appetizing thing possible right. if we had two great semifinal games and a terrible championship. But, Gabe, if you look it up, Every year since 2014, we've either had one of three things. We've had a great championship and terrible semifinals. We've had one good semifinal and one good championship. Or we've had two good semifinals and a terrible championship. This would be the first time ever in 2024, after basically 10 years, that you could have three great games in a championship and semifinals, and I hope it happens. Now, let me ask you, do you think it'll be a great game? What are your early thoughts on on, uh, Michigan versus Washington? It looks like Michigan, four-and-a-half-point favorites. Penix is a dude, man. He's a great equalizer. I said it heading into that game against Texas. Um, It's it's not like yours is a bum. We know yours is one of the better quarterbacks in college football. Probably be a Heisman frontrunner next year. But Michael Penix had uh, 200-yard wide receivers per game. He had has maybe the best accuracy in all of college football. I mean, he looks like Kellen it's Moore, nuts. except he can throw the. But yeah, he can throw the ball thirty yards more than Kellen Moore can, and he's playing in a tougher college football game. So, I, 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 every time that my heart says Michigan, just because of the the toughness. I mean, it's a Joe Moore offensive line. Like mm-hmm. they're they're going to be it's strength for strength. It's Michigan's defense line versus that offensive line. Maybe the best quarterback. No disrespect to Jaden Daniels but maybe the best quarterback in college football. And he has a chance. I mean, he's motivated. Like, he's up there at the Heisman Trophy in New York thinking, this should be mine. He loses it. So he goes out and beat Texas earlier this year, one of the biggest brands of college football. And now he has a chance to be on the quote-unquote cheaters of the sport. So I think Michael Penix is going to be very, very motivated and I cannot wait to watch on Monday night. Now, we'll get to Michael Penix here in just a second, but when we talk about that Joe Moore Award that Washington won, I think, don't we need to add a little nuance? 
But yeah, they had a 1,000-yard rusher in Dylan Johnson, and he uh, from Mississippi State, and he did get hurt. It looks like he still will suit up, according to their uh, OC, Ryan Grubb. He was on Seattle radio, I believe, yesterday and said Dylan Johnson is, is good to go. And uh, why wouldn't he be? It's a national championship for Washington and, and potentially the Pac-12 to be able to get over top before they turn into dust. But regardless... With that, with that O-line, like against a team like Michigan, this isn't the type of Joe Moore award-winning O-line that's just going to run over Michigan's front seven. They've done a really good job of pass protection. I think ultimately that's what got them that award, right? Oh, no question. And I think when people think Joe Moore award, they just think of like mauling dudes. But think, think back to LSU in 2019. Yes, they had Clyde Edwards-Alaire, who also had over 1,000 yards, and he was a crucial part of that offense. But no one could touch Joe Burrow because he had all day, and he was fine. It helps when you have Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, Terrence Marshall, and then also Moss's kid that were just yep. as elite a college football group of skill position players that we've maybe ever seen. And so, But they dominated. Not Again, they were in the football, but they dominated at pass blocking. You can be a dominant offensive line in, in pass blocking schemes. You can be physical, too, and – Washington, again, maybe their toughest test on Monday night. All right, now, Michael Penix Jr. in this deep ball. I, I, I know people are probably sick of me saying it, putting it this way, but I think that this is the best you know explanation I can come up with because Washington, out of these four teams, is the least complete team, right? Like, out of the four college football playoff teams, I think most people would agree they're the least complete team. Maybe you could argue Alabama's offense had their struggles, uh, but we know defensively they are stout. Um, and they definitely they, they have some juice there. But Washington, when it comes to how they play, and Michael Penix Jr. and these three wide receivers, Roma Dunsey, Jalen Polk, Jalen McMillan, their deep ball accuracy and their ability to land those deep balls, I think, again, Greg McElroy, 50, he said they're 52% on completions, 30-plus air yards down the field, which is absolutely nuts. I, I keep comparing it to a basketball team who game after game shoots 50% from three. They may not have... The, the front court, they may not be the most physical team in the world. Uh, they may not rebound all that well, but if you shoot 50% from three, you have a chance to beat any team in the country. That's what it feels like with this Washington team. Because they keep gashing you with big play after big play. And I think that's a lot of people thought that Alabama was going to be able to against Michigan, but Michigan stifled it for the most part. Yes, you had the, I guess, Jace McClellan run early in the first half, but outside of that, they didn't have a ton of explosive plays with Milrow who's also been very good with the deep ball. Now, is he Penix good? No. And does he have the same wide receivers? And it's weird saying that Washington's wide receivers are better than Bama's. But, I mean, you look at – you size them up. It's why you take the Washington's nine times out of ten. So, I, again, that explosion, I, I don't know. I, I like the basketball comparison. I'm trying to think of a team – that we've seen in college football lately that had that type of, again, the kind, connection and accuracy. I would say for the most part, guys. like, and listen, I'm not I'm not doing a one-for-one one because I think that 2019 LSU offense was the best offense we've seen in college football history, arguably. But I think when we talk about their ability to get it downfield to their playmakers with an elite quarterback, I think that you could, you could draw some comparisons to that 2019 LSU passing offense. I really think you can. <laughs> And then the next year with Mac Jones in Alabama, yep, I mean, that there's a too. lot of um, – if Tua you, – you could have said it more about that Alabama 2019, but Tua was hurt, and he just wasn't the same QB as we're watching even in the National Football League or at, at, at healthy points during his career. I mean, again, you're, you've got 200-yard wide receivers and then uh, another guy, and then Dylan Johnson, again, transferred from Michigan – or excuse me, um, 
Mississippi State. Mississippi, yeah, Mississippi State. I apologize that. Oh, good. Uh, yeah, adds an element there. So it's just again, I don't know if LSU's offense will ever be touched based on again all pro, all pro, all pro, and then the offensive lineman to go along with that. But this Washington team is at least making a case of one of the best offenses in the last decade or so. Now, uh, do you want to make a pick, or is it too early? Are you waiting on that? Oh, it's never too early, Gabe Coon. Let's hear um, it. You know what I I. I I picked Texas because I thought it was ultimately going to be Texas-Alabama in the rematch. I was wrong on both, so don't bet on this next, this fall-in pick. But in college football and in the National Football League, not that defensive lines and offensive lines and skill position players and coaching are a big factor because we know Harbaugh's a great coach, Davis a good coach, but I got to roll with QB, man. And that's no disrespect to McCarthy, Corum, and the rest of that Michigan offense, but Penix is playing – so think about this. He beat the Heisman Trophy finalist in, in Bonex twice mm-hmm. in a game, and especially the Pac-12 championship. And everyone thought Oregon was going to annihilate Washington right. twice. He has gone through their schedule undefeated. He's playing the only other undefeated team in college football this year, and he's been doubted all year. They're saying, oh, he's just doing the Pac-12. It's just this. It's just that. And he keeps he keeps delivering. He keeps balling. So why would I pick against that and especially the deep ball. I mean, I didn't know the 52% stat. Why would I argue against that? Michigan's going to put their guys in man to man coverage. They'll blitz. And I know that that defensive line will get to Penix at times, but he's going to make her play in the fourth quarter. That will change the outcome of the game in Washington's favor. Give me the Huskies, Gabe. Give me the Huskies. Okay, straight up. Not even, you're, you don't even need, you're not even worried about the points. You're saying straight up. Huskies points, winning. Don't even, don't even need the four and a half. Michael Penix is the difference. And, for the first time in however many years, I know that it would be their third national championship, uh, the Washington Huskies out west claim it, which is good. College football needs this, man. They needed Michigan to make the championship. They needed Washington to make the championship. We're two southern boys, or a southern boy and a Midwest boy, right. if you want to say St. Louis. This is needed for college football. You had a peak of nearly 33 million people watching yep. that Alabama and Michigan game. We need this. And th- th- this is going to be great for college football, especially if it plays out like we think it could. And then also, the, the one thing I am not looking forward to, though, if Washington wins, is the nastiest victory lap ever from Pac-12 Commissioner George Klyavkov. Just the just the most disgusting victory lap you'll ever hear. Well, and on top of all this, you know what's nuts? We get this rematch next year in Seattle. Isn't yeah, that, that is true. I mean, <laughs> Michigan's, Michigan's schedule next year is brutal, by the way. Oh, it's awful. I After this year where they had basically a year off, a full regular season off until the last few weeks of the season, they're going to every single week have to battle it out. And I don't even know if Jim Harbaugh is going to be there. He just hired uh, oh. Tom Brady and uh, Tom Brady and Sean Payton's agent, Don Yee. Uh, NFL. Well, and here's the other thing about it. If you look at Michigan, if you look at Georgia, if you look at Alabama, if you look at these schedules next year, the Big Ten and the SEC – the commissioners and the, the league that usually protects their blue blood teams, the ESPN and, and Fox were like, no, we're we're putting these guys in marquee games. We're going to make some money next year. Yeah. So the protection that these teams usually get year after year, they don't have it this year. And it is going to be fascinating to watch because I would be shocked if you had as many undefeated teams down the stretch like we did this year based on the schedules that have been divvied out to the top-tier teams in college football, which is great. I don't want to see 
I mean, I know it's nice, two undefeated teams left and whatnot, but I want to see guys go down. I want to right. see, well, this team lost to this team. This I, I want parity, and I want craziness down the stretch. For sure. No question about it. Well, Ty, appreciate it, man. We'll do it again next week after the Natty. That sounds good, Gabe. Yes, Talk sir. Again. That's Ty Richardson at Ty Sports Radio on X from ESPN Arkansas.